No, she's not. <laughs> what are you doing? Putting these uh, Maria's away. Oh. Why are they called Maria's? Are they a wafer that's used in congregation? It, I suppose it could be. Everyone Definitely. take your Maria's <laughs> with the blood of Jesus. Everyone have their communion wine and their Maria's. They're kind of like that. I can no. see that. They look like no. it. Yeah. I feel like you're missing out. They're literally called Maria's. The Catholics would eat it up. Beer and Fear. <laughs> this is the 70, 71st, 72nd. <laughs> just, just edit that in. Mm-hmm. But when I say 71st, edit in 72nd to put that on top of it. <laughs> Splice some things around for me. Welcome to the 72nd episode of Beer and Fear. It is on cannibalism. It is. My name is Beach. Mm, My name is mm, Zach. <laughs> Zeke. My name is Zeke. Zeke. <laughs> My name's <is> Zeke. <laughs> How was your week, Zeke? Are there is that a real name now? Zeke? Are people are people named Zeke? There was a character on Bob's Burgers named Zeke. Hmm. So I guess no. Because that's not <laughs> a real person. Do people really name their children Zeke? Ask Google. Uh oh. It's a proper name. Oh, nickname for Ezekiel? Zeke was the 675th most popular boy's name. In, in 2020, In 2020, there were 377 baby boys named Zeke. There's a guy named Zeke Morris. One out of every 4,858 baby boys born in 2020 are named Zeke. What an ugly name. It's not great. Glad that's not my name. Yeah, my, Zeke. My week was... It uh, is now. <laughs> it is now. My week was... Okay. Uh, went to a, a friend's house and. Um, what friend? Had when? Some, Where? Uh, had some pozole. Pozole verde. What's that? It's. Um, I, don't, I don't know how to describe it. Wow, you really didn't come It's prepared, like a. Um, what is it? Spell it for me. P O Z O L E. It's a Mexican dish. Traditional super no, I'm gonna stew. I'm going to Google it now. From Mexican cuisine. It's made from hominy. This one has a whole ass leak in it. <laughs> a whole ass leak. Made from hominy with meat and can be seasoned and garnished. Chickpeas. What are those leeks? I know that's cilantro. That's a lime. I'm just gonna <laughs> list things that I see. Shredded lettuce or cabbage, chili peppers, onion, garlic, radishes, avocado, salsa, or limes. Those are some beets. Yeah, radishes. Like, yeah, it's a radish. They're really good. Uh, Pozole verde, and uh, we had some cheesecake, and uh, we danced. What a kind lot. of cheesecake? It was uh, Costco cheesecake. Oh, that's. Good kind. I'd never had it before. Oh, did you like it? It was delicious. Oh, it's so good. I have some more in the fridge. Good cheesecake. Can't wait to eat it. And then we danced. I da- I learned how to dance. Can you show me how you dance? Some Mexican dances, yes. Thank you. Do I need to play Mexican so music like, for you? No, 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 like, no, no. I do. I do. No, 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 no. I need the full experience. Yeah, keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. You got to find a song that matches the... Well, I don't know about that. You just literally Googled Mexican music. 
<laughs> no, I YouTubed it. I could find something different. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 I love it! <laughs> uh -huh. There was a lot of dancing. That was a good song. That was great. <laughs> there was a lot of dancing. Uh, we had a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, and then Ali and I got new phones. I saw. Yeah, that's pretty much the it. Flippies. The What's flippies. What's the point of bringing back a flip phone? We just repeat things. Does it make it better? Does it save battery? What's the... No, battery's horrible, actually, on these. Oh. But, um, <laughs> what? That's not great. But everything, <laughs> What's I, the point? I like everything else. <laughs> <laughs> What's the point of a big flip phone? No other major serious complaints. Look how thin the phone is, though. Oh, it is very thin. Yeah. I, you can't get a phone case for that, can you? Yeah. No, I've got one on, on the order. It flips with the phone. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I haven't turned that on. So is it squishy? Uh, the case? Or does it have like a joint in it? That's... No, it's got a... Yeah, it's, it flexes. Oh, no, it's not squishy. I'm sorry. It's uh. Huh. Yeah. It folds with the phone. It's pretty I interesting. I don't trust it. But I like it. It's uh, I don't know, it's a novelty thing. Um, I didn't really need a new phone, but... Um, What's the point? But we got matching phones, and it's cute. So smart flip phones. What's the What's the point? <laughs> I'm asking. What's the point in anything? Google knows. Oh well, that was a stupid answer. <laughs> How was your week? Never mind. Huh? How was your week? Uh, what did I do last week? I'm gonna take a shot in the dark and say that I worked. No Just way. Just a shot. No way. I didn't get to see my dad or my mom. That's upsetting. Yeah, they're in Georgia. They're on vacation. Mm. They're visiting my uncle. And then one of my other uncles had a heart attack like a couple days ago. Oh, yeah, but they you said... They put a stint in? A yes. stent? A stint. A stint. Or, no, I'm sorry, a stent. A stent. Right. They put a stent in or something. Yep. He was stabilized. I haven't heard any news since then. Well, glad to hear he's stable. Hmm. It's always mm, scary. I'm not a huge fan of their political beliefs, but sure. I've been around them since I was a child, and that's honestly one of my favorite uncles. Mm. Um, and I don't know how she would get by if he passed. I mean, their kids are like you know older now, but yeah, you know. Um, I think I'm gonna get a new car. Yeah, uh, I should get a Mazda. I'm not gonna get a Mazda. It just doesn't fit my style. Mm. Not a Mazda person. What kind of thing? What kind you know, of... in my opinion, people who drive Mazdas are usually um, douchey. Okay. I think that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> no, I just feel mm. like, I don't know. Mazdas feel like, it, it feels cramped. Like the backseat feels cramped. I like like more of a boxy. You want a sedan or a crossover? Or a... I I wanted to get an SUV or a crossover okay. real bad, yeah. but gas ain't getting cheaper. No, gas is just gonna keep going up. So I need something that's fuel efficient. So I've picked out a couple sedans, even though I want an SUV. Well, uh, there's some fuel efficient SUVs and crossovers out there. Yeah, but honestly, anything that I get would just be comparable to having a non fuel efficient car. 
So why, if I'm if I'm gonna get a new car, I may as well get something that's gonna cost me something less. Just get a Prius. Ugh, no. I think they're so ugly. Yeah, they're not great. They're not. But they are fuel efficient. They're, they are fuel efficient. <laughs> we'll give you that. But they're ugly. So I found a couple sedans. There's like a Kia. There's a Toyota. There's a Honda that I've looked at. So there's a few. A Mazda CX-30, Mazda CX-5. Pretty good fuel efficiency ratings. What's your fuel? Um, What's your miles to the gallon? I don't Highway know. and city. Let me, let, me, let me check for you. Mazda 6 Carbon. Uh, this says 23 city, 31 highway. Ugh. It's not terrible. Embarrassing. No, My 2015 does like 35. No. It's more, a little more fuel efficient. I'm you, used to seeing like 19 city. It's like... On Mazdas? No. Just in general. On that's, what? On, on the last time I was looking at cars. That's bad. Yeah. But no... Everything my, I've seen is like 23 city, yeah. 25 city. That's so low. My fuel efficiency is not bad. No, That's my average so I average about twenty to twenty five. The ones I'm I've driving. been looking at are like I think it said twenty nine city and like thirty five highway. Yeah. Well thirty eight highway for CX-30 one of them. CX thirty and a CX five. Just check them That's out. That's interesting. I won't. It's, yeah. I don't want a Mazda. Okay. It's hurt my feelings. I have nothing so. against Mazdas. I just don't want one. They're they're like cramped and more sporty. I'm not like a sporty car kind of person. Mm. I'm more like like a boxy mom van. Boxy cars. No. You like a Hummer, a boxy? Ew. No. <laughs> Ugly. Ugly car. Got the fuel efficiency on that. Two miles. Or what is it? Honda Pilot? Those are those are boxy, yeah? I don't know what that is. No, not like... I guess boxy was... Literally good. square? Yeah, literally a square. The original Kia Soul. <laughs> when those came out, they were toasters. Oh, that's, that's probably what I'm thinking of then. Yeah, Kia Soul. If I was going to get anything that was bigger... I wouldn't get a full-on SUV. I'd get a crossover. Sure. SUVs are too big. Oh, my uh, my dad. Kid. My dad, uh, dad drives my a... Dread. My My dad drives a Hyundai Kona. <laughs> I don't know why you thought you were going to say Hummer. A Hyundai Kona. It's a newer... I would pay to see your father in a Hummer. A newer <laughs> crossover hilarious. style Hyundai, mm-hmm. which is new to their lineup, because I didn't think they had any SUVs or crossovers. But Hyundai Kona, you can check that out. Mm. He really likes his... I think the Usually the crossovers and SUVs are going to cost more, though. So I don't yes. want something that's going to cost me Correct. something that's for an extensive amount of time. Um, so I found a few things. Well, cool. So I'll see what happens. Yeah, keep me posted. Sounds like fun. That's uh, that's car talk on yeah. Beer and Fear. <laughs> I, um, and then on Saturday, I went and spent... No, Friday. Friday night, I went and spent time with my little sister because uh, she was home alone. So mm-hmm. we watched movies. Sounds like an eventful week. What did we watch? I didn't like it. We, well, we watched a TV series that everyone's like pissing their pants about, but I didn't like it. What was it called? Uh, Squid Game? No. I still haven't watched that. The Woman Across mm, the The Woman st- Across the Street from the yeah Woman yes, in the Window. Yeah, it's I saw so that. stupid. I wanted to check that out. I added it to my list on Netflix. Don't. The, <laughs> it's deadpan. Let me ruin it for you. Okay. <laughs> really? Can I? Sure. <laughs> the killer, uh-huh. in the end, is the daughter no way. It's like a six-year-old. The woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window. <laughs> yeah, let me spoil this for you. Fair warning. The killer is the child, and that's the stupidest twist ever. Like, was this supposed to be satire? Yeah, it is. Uh, at least that's what I gathered from the I description. I hope. It says, um, uh, mysteries, crime, dramas, comedies. This show is deadpan, absurd, offbeat, and suspenseful. Yeah, but that's a review. That's not like from the actual person, right? No, that's from okay. that's from the page on Netflix. Stupid. 
Yeah. Awful. Deadpan, absurd, offbeat, and suspenseful. Ugh. I'll still watch it. Number two in the U.S. today, yeah. It's just the first thing that caught my attention was obviously the name of the, the, the thing. Mm-hmm. And then I was watching the trailer without sound because that's just how it plays on the phone if you keep staring at it without doing anything. Mm. And uh, it looked kind of gimmicky, mm-hmm. but I think that's the point. It's supposed to be like... It was very hard for me to be interested in. Making fun of... And I usually don't mind satire, movies, yeah. but like, it's just painful. The main character has a phobia of rain. Uh, I've never seen someone pass out in rain before. <sighs> Anyways. Um, oh, I sold my stuff. My drum brute and my micro brute. Oh, hey. Sold What'd them you on get eBay. for it? Uh, right around 200 for each. Oh, okay. After all the fees and shipping and everything like What'd that. What did you so use the money for? I'm just I'm saving it. Yeah. Um, well, mm, uh, saving it, Paige. Saving it. For Coke? Just saving it. For Coke. Uh, let's continue. For a rainy day. Yeah, rainy day. Okay. For my birthday? That's coming up. It's coming up. Gross. Our beer. God. It's from Short Fuse Brewing Company. I know them. We did the Very Bad Kids from them. Ah, okay. Yeah, we did. They don't have an about me. Because they like to make my life difficult. Because they're mysterious. They are located at 5000 North River Road, Schiller Park, Illinois, 60176. Oh, did you like, uh, did you like the, the intense um, action style music? Yeah, I texted your, you. Your beer. Your Remember, beer. you yeah. you messaged me and did what you always do. Uh-huh. You told me to do something, but gave me absolutely zero context, uh-huh. so I argued with you. Uh-huh. Yeah, but it was funny, though, right? Yeah, I told you it was funny. I said, oh, my God, the dramatic music, and you said, it's so funny, and I was like, I love it. I'm proud of it. Continue. Work on your memory. <laughs> no, it's not that I forgot. Uh-huh. I'm just asking if you liked it. And I know you They've said you liked it. They've been brewing since 2017. Yeah, they they got a tap room and a restaurant. <laughs> a restaurant they got a restaurant and last week i think that was last week oh. no two weeks ago two weeks ago we were awarded three medals in the world beer championships we were awarded no oh they were okay i was gonna say like why they were honored to be awarded three medals in the world beer championships that's the second award in four months that they got for tropical hurt locker Tropical Hurt Locker. They got silver for Very Bad Kids, hmm. silver for Dark Gourd, and gold for Tropical Hurt Locker. We gotta try Tropical Hurt Locker. They keep winning awards. Very Bad Kids was my number two. Their Very Bad Kids was delicious. Mm-hmm. Our beer is called Precious Little Treats. Precious Little Treats. Precious Little Treats. Bourbon Barrel Aged Precious Little Treats. ABV, 11%. Whoa. It's a stout. A pastry stout. <laughs> okay. Specifically, it does have a Beer Advocate page. No score. They say on the Beer Advocate that it is a American Imperial stout, though, instead of a pastry stout. Okay. Is pastry stout an official style? I don't know. I need to check that out. Continue. This insanely thick oatmeal stout drinks with a heavy mouthfeel and a balanced sweetness. Rich, thick, chewy, and sweet are the best way to describe this stout. Made with toasted almonds, vanilla, (laughs) vanilla beans, 
cassia bark and cocoa nibs. Tailstead almonds. How is it? Okay. Pastry stout, huh? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I broke some glasses. How'd you break glasses? What glasses did you break? I was washing them. You need to stop. Mm -hmm. Did you break another Spiegelau? No. Um, I broke, remember the glass that kind of looks like a uh, beer can? Uh, yes. Oh, I like that one. The Michigan one? Yeah. How'd you break that? And I broke uh, my martini glass that has the olives on it. How? At the same time. I was washing one of the uh, coffee, Irish coffee ones. Um, Uh And they're heavy. Please don't mind it. I'm worried you'll break it. <laughs> One of these. It's heavy. It's thick glass. Yeah. And it slipped out of my hand and landed on the other glasses in the sink. That's ridiculous. I thought it was very creepy. Why? The art on it. Oh, what in the world? Mm-hmm. What the hell is that? What is he holding? It looks like a Danish of some kind. Looks like a precious little treat. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it says... Imperial pastry oatmeal stout with toasted almonds, vanilla beans, cassia bark, and cocoa nibs. The cocoa nibs are from Ethereal Confectionery. In Woodstock. Confectionery. Hmm. 10%. Short few, short few, short few, short few. Let's try it. Yeah, I see it everywhere. You picked the stout. I know. I'm upset about it. Whoa. It's a weird smell. Kind of, there's a little bit of rubbing alcohol in the after yeah. smell. In the after smell. <laughs> yeah, the after smell. You sniff it and then there's a, a little hint. The, like the after touch. Yeah. The after seat. The after taste. <laughs> the after here. <laughs> Why does it sound weird all, with any other sense? All your senses. <laughs> That's weird. It's, there's, it's like rubbing alcohol at the end of it, at the tail end of the whiff. It smells like a wash cycle. <laughs> it smells like a wash cycle. It smells like a dirty long oh God, jut. It it's so thick. Oh my God. Where are the bubbles? Yeah, it's like pouring oil in a glass. I'm upset. It looks like red. It looks red. It does red. look red. Oh boy. I am repulsed. Repulsive. It's so thick. I spilled on my pants. One of the descriptions said chewy. It is going to be chewy. Aww. Why are you always spilling? Yeah, color's super dark, and it, it does appear, I don't know if it's just this light, but it does appear red. Right? Oh, hairball. It's just her asthma. <coughs> she needs her kitty inhaler. I mean, yeah, it smells like a, it smells like a stout. It smells like, it smells sweet. What is that? A little sour. Do you hear that? Yeah, it's my fridge. It oh. makes that noise. It's weird. I never noticed. I just, mm. I can't get over the, like, after smell of, like, rubbing alcohol. It's very weird. I'm gonna keep saying, that's coined now. After <laughs> smell is a thing now. <laughs> very red, though. It's not even, like, a hold it up to the light and it's red. No, it's, like, you can't look even at it, see any of it. Look at it, like here it's if like, you if you look right here and you look down at yeah. it you can see like the edges yes very red it had a very minimum very minimum cocoa colored foam for a very brief period of time yeah no it's all gone it's all gone do you get any legs it's got 
Uh, it's got some stumpies. Not a lot, though. Like a little. I'm stalling. I'm ready. I don't want to drink it. I'm so ready. I don't want it to be chewy. Hmm. Whoa. Thick. So, okay, this is probably the cho- most chocolatey stout that I've ever had. They didn't even talk about chocolate besides the cocoa nibs. Yeah, the cocoa nibs from Woodstock. Why did I just taste salt? <laughs> it's happening. Uh, yeah, first thing, <coughs> it hits your palate. It hits your palate's thick. Mm-mm. It's very, very, very thick. Nope. Wow. So what a, what a visceral reaction. Done. <laughs> it's not bad. I'm rinsing my mouth. This is... Um, I'm rinsing my mouth. Akin to Bourbon County brand stout. Oh. It's very strong. I would... I, it's This is an imperial stout. I got... Oh, you got the... You got the... I need to uh, shake it off of me. It's... Uh, it's a stout. It's super, super chocolatey. Like, that's... I didn't taste chocolate. The entire aftertaste. It coats your mouth, and it's just chocolate. That's all it is. It's, it tastes like melted chocolate. It was... Thick. Mm-hmm. I hated it. I felt it all over my tongue. I felt it under my tongue. I don't want to feel anything under my tongue. When you get that little line, what's the line on your tongue called that connects it? What is that? Oh, I have no idea. <clears throat> I know what you're talking about, though. It is incredibly viscous. Don't say viscous. It's like, it's syrupy. The lingual frenulum. You got beer on your lingual frenulum? Yes. Oh, that's upset. I hate when I get beer in my lingual frenulum. See how quick it settles? Watch. Watch. Do it one of these. It's because it looks like oil sheen. Yeah. See how it just... Like if I put a match on that... It just settles. It just it would stops. Go, it would blow up the gulf. It just... <laughs> that too soon? <laughs> it's been a while? <laughs> this is what happens when BP dumps its shit in... <laughs> <laughs> this is a science experiment. I don't. This, this was extracted from eighty seagulls. They just, <laughs> <laughs> just wrung them out in a glass. <laughs> added, added some chocolate, and that's what we're drinking. <laughs> What's a seagull sound? <laughs> <laughs> the sound of a human man <laughs> yelling. That's what a seagull sounds like. I love feeding seagulls. When I was a kid, I don't know why I remember this. When I was a child, I um, my grandpa took me and my sisters to get like McDonald's or something before we went to visit my uncle, and <sighs> there were seagulls in the parking lot, and I was throwing them French fries, mm-hmm. and I was like, "I am the queen of seagulls. They love, <laughs> they love me. I ruled you. We uh, come closer, if you fools. Remember when we fed seagulls at uh, Guitar Center? Yes." That was so much fun. My mom would always keep saltine crackers in her glove box uh-huh. because there were always seagulls in the parking lot of her job. That's funny. So when she would get there, and she'd sit I in her car. I don't understand why there's so many seagulls in Joliet. That's weird. Mm. Beer's okay. Um, oh, I was going to say something, and then you commented on something. I oh. don't ever want to drink a beer that has a description of chewy. Yeah. What is that? I guess some people really like that. Some people really like viscous, thick beers, stouts. 
That's some about confusing. them are appealing, but I don't. I can't get on that train. That Sorry. is confusing. You say it's good to literally everything. This one, I will not say it's good. Uh, but it's not bad. It's not awful. It's just not my drink. It's not my thing. I don't feel as strongly about it as I felt about Sequench as far as not liking something. <laughs> but I just, I don't like stouts. Yeah. I only picked it because I thought it was interesting. <clears throat> it is interesting. I'm, I'm glad we tried it. And Precious I also little like, treats. I also like the can art. Precious little treats uh, ties in with cannibalism. You'll see. Okay. I got a lot to cover. This is gonna be a long episode. Is it? Yeah. Um, uh, was- relative to our uh, other episodes, our more recent episodes, they've only been hitting about forty minutes. Yeah, some of these. Long. I've also been bored. Well, yeah. Cannibalism mm-hmm. is the act of consuming another individual of the same species as food. It is a common ecological interaction in the animal. Pause. The act of consuming someone the same species as food? Right. Cannibalism is the act of consuming another individual of the same species as food. Oh, as food. Mm -hmm. Sorry. It is a common ecological interaction in the animal kingdom and has been recorded in more than 1,500 species. With specific regards to humans, it involves eating the flesh or internal organs of other human beings. Does it give you examples of animals that commit cannibalism? I listed a few. Okay. I'll touch on both human cannibalism and cannibalism in other organisms. The word cannibalism is derived from cannibales, the Spanish name for the Caribs, a West Indies tribe that may have practiced cannibalism. We'll come back to them later. It's Um, named after them, but there's a may have in front of it? Yeah. Uh, And it's from Spanish, Spanish, Spain, Spanish, cannibal. from Spanish. Cannibal or caribal, Cannibal. meaning a savage. Cannibalism features in the folklore and legends of many cultures and is most often attributed to evil characters or as extreme retribution for some wrongdoing. An example is the witch from Hansel and Gretel. Uh, Mm -hmm. Get in my oven, little pudgy boy. (laughs) A number of stories in Greek mythology involve cannibalism. An example is Saturn devouring his son. Mm -hmm. Remember that painting? Why does that sound so familiar? Hold, please. Google it. Saturn eating Saturn son. devouring his son. Oh, there's a meme. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look at that one first. <laughs> <laughs> the meme. <laughs> oh, that's funny. What if I had the non-meme? The non-meme. <laughs> wow, it just looks like the meme. Yeah, Saturn devouring Why yourself. does that look so bad? It's it's a painting by Goya. Okay, well, Goya was on something. <laughs> yep. He's just... Uh-huh. I don't know. Like my someone, son is delicious. Someone caught him by surprise. Ah, I'm eating my son! Don't look! The Wendigo is also thought of as a malevolent cannibalistic spirit that could possess humans, or a monster that humans could physically transform into. We talked about the Wendigo. According to the tr- oh! The Titan Kronos. Yeah. Kronos. Eating. Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. It's that guy. Those who indulged in cannibalism were at particular risk of the Wendigo's wrath. Ah, we went over them. We talked about the Wendigos. We talked about them. And their cannibalistic uh, tendencies. Among modern humans, cannibalism has been practiced by various groups. It was practiced by humans in prehistoric Europe, Mesoamerica, South America, among Iroquoian peoples in North America, Maori in New Zealand, the Solomon Islands, parts of West Africa and Central Africa, some parts of the islands of Polynesia, New Guinea, Sumatra, and Fiji. 
There is evidence of both archaeological and genetic that cannibalism has been practiced for hundreds of thousands of years by early Homo sapiens and archaic hominins. Human bones that have been defleshed by other humans go back 600,000 years. The oldest Homo sapien bones from Ethiopia show signs <laughs> of this as well. <laughs> Homo. In Goes Cave, England, G-O-U-G-H, Goes, Goes Cave, Remains of human bones and skulls, around 14,700 years old, suggest that cannibalism took place amongst the people living in or visiting the cave, and they may have used human skulls as drinking vessels. I'm into that. For a brief time, I, I, want, a, I want a skull cup. That'd be nice. I've always kind of had a weird fascination with cannibalism. Hmm. There's a time when I was a child. I did a lot of weird things when I was a child. You ate someone? No. Okay. I feel like that'd be something you would like tell me. I feel like I would me. do that, though. I feel like you would tell me. I feel like guys. I would try human. Um, I would. But for the risk of, it's not worth it. I don't know. Maybe. It might, I don't think it's worth it. From the descriptions I've read of what it tastes like, I just don't think it's worth it. Um, great YouTube, uh, YouTube video to check out. What does human taste like by Vsauce? There's a, he talks about a guy who tried human as a science experiment, recorded his documentation. Tastes like veal. Mm. Well, I've never had veal. Mm. So can we go like a step down from that? What, is, what does veal taste like? Um, kind of like, I don't know. Have you had veal? <laughs> Maybe once in my life. Mm. Can't remember. You were going to say something? Yes. There's a point in time when I was a child when I lived in Tennessee still and I lived with my sister still. Um, we were swimming at night. And I convinced my sister Madison that I was a cannibal. I, I think you told me. I, I this don't is vaguely... know how I convinced her because we lived together. <laughs> right. Where was I going that she wasn't aware? <laughs> Where was I keeping this? Mm -hmm. Who was I eating? Like, I don't understand. Who was I eating? <laughs> Whatever. The neighbors? The gardener? Mm. I don't know. The milkman? It'd be weird if there was still a milkman. I kind of want one. Have Actually, you seen the little, like in the old houses, the little milkman door? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, well uh, Oberweiss uh, here in uh, Illinois, uh, they do home delivery. It's essentially. Oberweiss everywhere? Yeah. Well, in Illinois. I think it's in Illinois only. Yeah, Oberweiss is only in Illinois? Or I think so. Or the milk delivery is only in Illinois? I think it's only in Illinois. I, really? I think so. Well, it's headquartered here in North Aurora. Oberweiss. Distribution. Distribution? Yeah, I would check that. Or locations. No, Oberweiss. Uh, distribution would tell you, like, where are they. I feel like it's only in Illinois. I don't know why I thought they were everywhere. Yeah, it's only an Illinois thing. There's a lot of them in Illinois. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Z's. Today I learned. For a brief time in Europe, an unusual form of cannibalism occurred when thousands of Egyptian mummies preserved in asphalt were ground up and sold as medicine. Mummy dust! Mm -hmm. The practice developed into a wide-scale business which flourished until the late uh, 16th century. This fad ended because the mummies were revealed, actually, to be recently killed slaved. Slaves. Slaves. Mm -hmm. Got it. Okay, they weren't actually mummies. Right. Two centuries ago, mummies were still believed to have medicinal properties against bleeding and were sold as pharmaceuticals in powdered form. So you could still get uh, mummy dust, zombie dust, somewhere. In Spain's overseas expansion to the New World, the practice cannibalism was reported by Christopher Columbus. Ha <laughs> ha! It's in other states. 
What other states? It says three states. I'm looking. Oh, like Wisconsin, Michigan. It said Midwest, so I assume yeah. Wisconsin. Indiana. Yeah. Uh, this uh, this paragraph, it talks about the um, cannibales, cannibales that I cannibales. talked about earlier. Uh, so Christopher Columbus uh, went to the New World and saw these people. Hey, I've been to that one. Yeah, North Aurora. Uh, it talks about the Caribs. The Caribs were greatly feared because of their supposed practice of cannibalism. They're good for your eyes. Uh, <laughs> the Caribs? <laughs> so he comes to the New World, sees these people, they're the Caribs, and they're like, I think some of them eat people. Queen... <laughs> Queen Isabel of Castile had forbidden the Spaniards to enslave the indigenous, but if they were guilty of cannibalism, they could be enslaved. So Christopher Columbus comes back, tells the queen about what he found at the New World, and then uh, they initially were like, you can't enslave people. But they said, okay, if you eat people, you can be enslaved. That's what the queen said. So the accusation of cannibalism became a pretext for attacks on indigenous groups and justification for the Spanish conquest. That's kind of bullshit because pretty much what that allowed Christopher Columbus to do is come to the New World and be like, no, you eat people. No, I don't. Yeah, you eat people. Enslave him. And that's how they enslaved people of the New World. Mm-hmm. You just accused people? Mm-hmm. And if, how did they defend themselves? They just they didn't. accused they were oh, it's, it's like uh, like the witches uh-huh. in uh, Salem. Yep. You're a witch. No, I'm not. Uh-huh. Ah, burner, anyways. Uh-huh. Just Precisely. checking. Uh, further instances include cannibalism as ritual practice, cannibalism in times of drought, famine, and other destitution, as well as cannibalism as criminal acts and war crimes throughout the 20th and 21st centuries. Many instances of cannibalism by necessity were recorded during World War II. Some 2.8 million Soviet prisoners of war died in Nazi custody in less than eight months during 1941 to 1942. According to the U.S. Holocaust Memorial Museum, by the winter of 1941, quote, starvation and disease resulted in mass death of unimaginable proportions. This deliberate starvation led to many incidents of cannibalism. Did it say how many deaths? I didn't look that up. I wonder how many deaths there were during the potato famine of Ireland. How many deaths? Deaths. Cannibalism is documented to have occurred in China during the Great Leap Forward, when rural China, uh, oh, it lasted a while. Rural China was hit hard by drought and famine. Cannibalism has recently been both practiced and fiercely condemned in several wars, especially in Liberia and the Dem- Democratic Republic of the Congo. Wow, a million people died, and a million fled the country. Sorry, go on. <laughs> I have ADHD brain hardcore right now. It was still practiced in Papua New Guinea as of 2012. Is it Papa? Uh, Papua. Papua Pap- New Guinea. Is it Papua? It's it's not Papua. Oh. It's Papua. 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 Papua New Guinea. As of 2012, for cultural reasons and in ritual as well as in war in various um, Melanesian tribes. Cannibalism has been said to test the bounds of cultural relativism because it challenges anthropologists, quote, to define what is or is not beyond the pale of acceptable human behavior. Some scholars argue that no firm evidence exists that cannibalism has ever been as a socially acceptable practice anywhere in the world at any time in history, although this has been consistently debated against. Okay, but if there's a whole tribe of it, then doesn't that make that socially acceptable for that society? 
Yeah. Um, I guess that's why it's debated against, but I don't know. Because if a whole tribe is doing it, then that's their society. Right. It's socially acceptable to them, but may, it may not be to someone else. Right. I don't know. It's, it's, Who are you to impose? Exactly. It's tricky. Let them eat each other. Uh, well, they're not eating me. So uh, in, in cannibalism, uh, actually, it was practice. I was looking at the different regions that practiced it. I'm not condoning cannibalism. Oh, sure. Yeah, don't eat people, please. But uh, pretty much every country or region of the world at one point practiced cannibalism, or still does. To this day, there are still regions, small regions. Practiced or were put in a situation in which they had to eat somebody to survive. I think practiced. Like or active, took part in. Yeah. It was a part of there. Right. Uh, there's a map, a 19th century map that shows like parts of Australia and Africa that still took part in Canada. Is there anything in uh, North America? No. No. Luckily, no. No, not in Canada? Or? No. Hmm. Luckily and surprisingly, no. Nope. I didn't see anything. New Zealand? <clears throat> I can I can I'm consult, list I can every country. Everything. I can consult the map. Russia? I may be Russia. You Russia. <laughs> In some societies, cannibalism is a cultural norm. Look at this new frog mask I got. Oh my god, I love it. Yeah. Consumption of a person from within the same community is called endocannibalism. Consumption of what? Uh, people within the same community. Oh. Endocannibalism. Ritual cannibalism of the recently deceased can be part of the grieving process or be seen as a way of guiding the souls of the dead into the bodies of living descendants. Hmm. I wouldn't want that. Exocannibalism is the consumption of of a person from outside the community. Okay. Usually as a celebration of victory against a rival tribe. Hmm. Both types of cannibalism can also be uh, fueled by the belief that eating a person's flesh or internal organs will endow the cannibal with some of the characteristics of the deceased. Here's our map. Oh, thanks. Russia? So the regions in pink, uh, the 19th century map says it's still in practice. Oh, it's still in practice. The pink. The yellow is only... You said this is a 19th century map? Yes. Do you mean... Presently? The 19th century. I No, you're saying that this is a 19th century map, and you said mm-hmm. that these are places that are still active. In the 19th century. Thank you. Yes. Right. What are the green ones? Uh, yeah, the yellow-green is uh, only in history. At one point in time, it was practiced. Very common in Australia. Mm-hmm. That's what happens when you ship off a bunch of criminals to an island. That's what happens when you get rid of guns. Granted, there's indigenous people that live there, but Tibet, that don't surprise me. You like Papua New... Y'all crazy Papua in Tibet. New Guinea, areas around Australia. You said the green ones were places that it did happen? Yes, it was. Once... That's North America. You said nothing. Well, currently, no. Yeah. That was all over the place. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, pretty much every region or country. Apache? What? My mind's being rocked right now. Winnipeg? Rocket. Wow. That's weird. A form of cannibalism popular in early modern Europe was the consumption of body parts, or blood, for medicinal purposes. This practice was at its height during the 17th century, although as late as the second half of the 19th century, some peasants attending an execution are recorded to have, quote, rushed forward and scraped the ground with their hands that they might collect some of the bloody earth 
which they subsequently crammed in their mouth and hoped that they might thus get rid of their disease. Where did the blood come from? Uh, uh, consumption of body parts for for blood or medicinal purposes. Um, no, I mean, you said peasants would... Where where was the blood coming from that they ran forward to get blood? Maybe like they when they killed people? Oh. I don't know. Didn't say. Whenever there was blood... And there were there were peasants they were scrambling. scooping it out of the ground. There were peasants. In most parts of the world, cannibalism is not a societal norm, but is sometimes resorted to in situations of extreme necessity. The survivors of the shipwrecks of the Essex and Medusa in the 19th century are said to have engaged in cannibalism, as did the members of Franklin's Lost Expedition. That book right there, Terror. The Terror by Dan Simmons. Mm-hmm. That talks about... Franklin's Lost Expedition. They ate people. Such cases generally involve necrocannibalism, eating the corpse of someone who is already dead, mm-hmm. as opposed to homicidal cannibalism, killing someone for food. In English law, the latter is always considered a crime, even in the most trying circumstances. For example, the case of R.V. Dudley and Stevens. Dudley. Dudley. In which two men were found guilty of murder for killing and eating a cabin boy while adrift at sea in a lifeboat. It set the precedent that necessity is no defense to a charge of murder. With regards to other species, the rate of cannibalism increases in nutritionally poor environments as individuals turn to uh, conspecifics as an additional food source. Cannibalism regulates population numbers, whereby resources such as food, shelter, and territory become more readily available with the decrease of potential competition. Though it may benefit the individual, it has been shown that the presence of cannibalism decreases the expected survival rate of the whole population and increases the risk of consuming a relative. (laughs) Cannibalism is prevalent in aquatic ecosystems in which up to approximately 90% of the organisms engage in cannibalistic activity at some point in their life cycle. So people that, things that swim in the ocean, they be eating each other all the time. Well, that does not surprise me. Cannibalism is not restricted to carnivorous species. It also occurs in herbivores and detritivores. Cannibalism has the potential to spread or promote specific diseases or parasitic infections. No surprise there. Some examples of diseases transmitted by cannibalism in mammals include kuru, which is a prion disease that degenerates the brain. Do you talk about that? Yes. Okay. I'll skip that. Bovine spongiform Encephalopathy. Bovine spongiform. Encephalopathy. 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 Or mad cow disease. It's another prion disease, which is usually caused by feeding contaminated bovine tissue to other cattle. It's a neurodegenerative disease and could be spread to humans if the individual were to consume contaminated beef. Other forms of diseases include sarcosis and erdovirus. And reptiles and amphibians, granulosis virus, Chagas disease, Chagas, and microsporidia uh, in insects, stained prawn disease, not the prawns, white pot syndrome, no, parasitic worms and tapeworms in crustaceans and fish. Oh, cannibalism. I read something recently that a person came into the ER. And he was like, I found something while I was pooping, and I'm not sure what it was. And I pulled it, and then it just kept coming. Oh. And they were like, do you remember what it looked like? He's like, oh, I brought it in. He held it up, and he was like, that's a tapeworm. Oh. How'd you pull it out? 
Oh, God. Usually they retreat. Oh, boy. Also, I'd like to think that they just open-palmed grab something out of their ass. <laughs> Cannibalism can potentially reduce the prevalence of parasites in the population by decreasing the number of susceptible hosts and indirectly killing the parasite in the host. I looked up white pot syndrome, mm-hmm. and it's literally just a bunch of sciencey words. I tried to understand it. That's why I didn't talk about it. <clears throat> but it, it, uh, cannibalism can actually reduce the prevalence of parasites. What it's is that? Strange. It has been shown in some studies that the risk of encountering an infected victim increases when there is a higher cannibalism rate, though this risk drops as the number of available hosts decreases. However, this is only the case if the risk of disease transmission is low. Cannibalism is an ineffective method of disease spread, as cannibalism in the animal kingdom is normally a one-on-one interaction, and the spread of disease requires group cannibalism. Thereby, it is rare for a disease to have evolved to rely solely on cannibalism to spread. Usually there are different means of transmission, such as with direct contact, maternal transmission, um, copophagy, coprophagy, coprophagy, it's eating poop. Oh. And necrophagy. Why do I know that? Necrophagy. I know how you say that. Coprophagy, coprophagy, coprophagy. Why do I know that? Eating poop. That's weird. Necrophagy, 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 eating dead organisms Mm. with different species. Infected individuals are more likely to be consumed than non-infected individuals. Thus, some research has suggested that the spread of disease may be a limiting factor to the prevalence of cannibalism in the population. But cannibalism may also provide some benefits. In environments where food availability is constrained, individuals can receive extra nutrition (laughs) (laughs) and energy if they use other... That doesn't doesn't seem fair. It's a benefit. (laughs) That doesn't seem like it should be on that list. If they use other conspecific individuals as an additional food source, this would, in turn, increase the survival rate of the cannibal and thus provide an evolutionary advantage in environments where food is scarce. I just don't feel like that's fair. That's that's a benefit. That's a situation, though. It's a benefit. (sighs) It's technically a benefit. That feels like like a loophole or that. <laughs> technically a benefit. Duh. A study conducted on wood frog tadpoles oh. showed that those that exhibited cannibalistic tendencies had faster growth rates and higher fitness levels than non-cannibals. Uh, you hear that, athletes? Mm-hmm. An increase Start of size. Eating. An increase of size and growth would give them the added benefit of protection from potential predators such as other cannibals and give them an advantage when competing for resources. So they can continue to eat them. Cannibalism regulates population numbers and benefits the cannibalistic individual and its kin as resources such as extra shelter, territory, and food are freed, thereby increasing the fitness of the cannibal by lowering crowding effects. However, just to be clear, this doesn't apply to humans. No, there's just other organisms. But I'm sure if humans uh, partook in the same sort of, um, we would mimic the, you know, we're animals. I just feel like you're trying to justify cannibalism. However, this is only the case if the cannibal recognizes its own kin, as this won't hinder any future chances of perpetuating its genes in future generations. The elimination of competition can also increase mating opportunities, allowing further spread of an individual's genes. And lastly, I want to talk about sexual cannibalism. Interesting. 
this talks about a few different uh, organisms that eat. Uh, you you mentioned what kind of animals eat other animals. Uh, yes. Slugs, uh, spiders. You know, when I say animals, mm-hmm. I know everything's in the animal family, but I just, I don't know if slugs oh. and spiders as animals. <laughs> you know, when I think insects, I'm just like, those, like are, mammals? those, are, those are separate things. Mm-hmm. Um, My brain, not smart. Maybe you're thinking more like mammals. But yeah, slugs, spiders, uh, like nematodes. Nematodes! Some types of worms. What species cannibalize? Sharks eat each other. Sharks do? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like crazy. They eat each other in the womb. Whoa! Chimpanzees. Wow, I feel like it doesn't surprise me, really. Rabbits. Yeah, they don't surprise me either. Frogs. Small animals eat each other all the time. Chickens. Hamsters do it. Hamsters. It's on the list. Chickens eat anything. Chickens do eat anything. Chickens eat their own babies yeah. as soon as they lay them. Um, tiger salamanders, sand tiger sharks, earwigs. I didn't know what earwigs ate each other. I fucking hate earwigs, bro. Fuck earwigs. Snakes. Snakes eat yeah, each other. Yeah, that's so weird. You ever see a you're snake try to eat another just snake? Socks. Like <laughs> your tubes. But it's like they struggle so hard. And then it, sometimes it kills them because they eat something way too big and it. it Burst them. Usually they just regurgitate. Did I tell you about that time that I was absolutely scarred for life because of the movie Anaconda? Because of the what? The movie Anaconda. Uh, Have you seen Anaconda? I don't recall. Who's the actor that's in it? Ice Cube. Really? Yeah, Ice Cube's in Anaconda. I did not know that. No, I don't think I've seen it. it has a big acting career. Uh Um, There's a scene, because the whole premise of the movie is that they're going to hunt uh, this giant snake. Mm Kind of like Jaws (sighs) or the snake. Essentially, um, there's a scene in an old dilapidated building. I don't know what kind of building, where the snake had previously eaten a gentleman that was trying to hunt it for like money or something. I don't know. It's always like that. There's always a villain that's hunting them for money, and everyone else is a scientist that's just doing it for the better, <laughs> the betterment of nature. Um, the, she spits him back up, and he's like alive still, and oh. his like face and body is kind of decomposed, and his eye moves around. <laughs> okay. Ugh, I saw that as a child. I was not okay. Jesus. Gross. So briefly, I will end. I will end my section with uh, sexual cannibalism. It refers to the killing and consumption of conspecific sexual partners during courtship and during or after copulation. It's present largely in spiders and other invertebrates. Uh, this section is really interesting. I thought it's it's hilarious. It's mm-hmm. kind of funny because it's with animals, but it's also interesting. I never heard this. Uh, I never knew this before. Normally, it's the female which consumes the male mm-hmm. organism, yeah. though there have been reported cases of the male consuming the adult female. Ew, However, when? this is Weaklings? only this has only been recorded under laboratory conditions. Now, I don't understand that. You have sex with another insect or one of your kind, yeah, and then you eat it, black widow, and then you eat it. Yeah. <laughs> what does that accomplish? Um, you're putting them in their place. Let me tell you, <laughs> if I could socially acceptably have sex with a man and then eat him after okay oh sure i'd be down oh absolutely and i'm sure a bunch of a bunch you know of not pe- the whole body just <laughs> be like the head uh, yeah the new nutri- delicious dick. parts yeah the delicious just parts. take it i don't know if i'd say delicious for the dick but you know just like 
You can only have sex once, and that's it. But I bet there's, uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people that agree with you. But the thing here is the male eating the female. Mm -hmm. So you you impregnate the female, and then you eat it. So what's the point of... You know? That's silly. Um, you said it was laboratory circumstances, yes. though, so those are usually all fucked up. Sexual cannibalism has been recorded in the female redback spider, black widow spider, praying mantis, and scorpion, among others. And soon, humans. And soon, humans. Just wait. In most Be species, careful, Tinder. In most species of spiders, the consumption of the male individual occurs before copulation, and the male fails to transfer his sperm to the female. This may be due to mistaken identity, such as the case, such as in the case of the orb-weaving spiders, which hold little tolerance to any spider which is present in its web and may mistake the vibrations for those of a prey item. So this orb-weaving spider lands on the web of a female orb-weaving spider and immediately gets eaten because the female orb-weaving spider gets confused and thinks it's prey and not a male wishing to mate. Mm. The avoidance of sexual cannibalism is present in many male species to increase their rate of survival, to avoid getting eaten, whereby the male uses cautionary methods to lower the risk of his consumption. Male orb-weaving spiders would often wait for females to molt or finish eating before attempting to initiate mating, as the females are less likely to attack. So (laughs) they wait until the female's nice and full, had something to eat, you know, just relaxing, and then I'll go fuck, because then you're not going to be hungry to eat me. I would do it out of spite. <laughs> Males which are vulnerable to post-copulation consumption may gather mating thread to generate a mechanical tension, which they use to spring away from uh, after uh, like insemination. Pull, pull themselves away. Yeah. So they, they're like, doing it, and then, all right, bye. And they just spring uh, away. Copulation, <laughs> woo! Yeah, bye. <laughs> While other spiders, such as the crab spider, may tangle the female's legs in webs to reduce the risk of, of the female crab spider. Crab spider. That sounds familiar. Let me see. And I bet it's cute. So it, it wraps the female's legs up to avoid getting caught. <sighs> BDSM for spiders. <laughs> crab spider copulation. Something I, I never just thought. A picture of the crab spider. Something I, I never thought I would Google. Population. Um, Rule thirty-four. That. <laughs> It's just, a, it's just an anthropomorphic spider with giant, giant They're tits like human and, a, and a huge dick. Yeah. There's like human arms, but it's still a spider body. Yeah. I'm looking. My FBI agent that's assigned to look at my search history must be real sad and tired of me at this point. Uh, crab. A spider. I don't really know what I'm looking at, but. Oh, there's nothing. Rule 34. Crab spider. Crab man spider? Okay, well, none of these are spiders. These are all Nintendo characters <laughs> with giant dicks. <laughs> Very upset right now. That's a crab oh, spider. Look at that big old booty. Yeah, he's got a big There's butt. There's definitely porn of that. Okay. <laughs> this is upsetting. Do you want to see what I'm looking at? No, I don't. You're right. You shouldn't. Wow, that um, is gross. <laughs> Ugh. Male choice is common. <laughs> male is choice there? is common in mantids, mm-hmm. where males were observed to choose fatter females due to the reduced risk of attack and were more hesitant to approach starved females. So, uh, praying mantises would look to see the th- the thick, the thick girls, the thick ones. 
the thick mantises. Uh, I need to clear my search history. <laughs> because they'd be at less risk of getting eaten versus going to have sex with a starved female. Because mm-hmm. they know, oh, I'm getting eaten as soon as I'm done. Yeah. Additionally, there are cases of people suffering from mental illness engaging in cannibalism for sexual pleasure, such as Jeffrey Dahmer and Albert Fish. There is resistance to formally labeling cannibalism a mental disorder. Do you talk about Jeffrey Dahmer? No. He ate people. You can oh. talk about him if you want. Did you hit your head? Yeah, I did. That's my section. A little long, a little lengthy. Yeah, it's almost 11. I'm so sleepy. I'm getting sidetracked a lot. Uh, yeah, if only I'd shut the fuck up. No, I like it. It's funny. Jesus. I've got a couple things to talk about. One of them is Kuru. One of them is not Jeffrey Dahmer. Kuru. Kuru is a rare, incurable, and fatal neurodegenerative disorder. Rare, incurable, right? Yes. Okay. Rare, comma, incurable. It was formerly common among the four or four A, I don't know, four people of Papa. I think it's four A. New Guinea. Papa New Guinea. Papa. Um, the term guru derives from the four word, four A, four, four word, Korea to shake due to the body tremors that are classic symptoms of the disease. Kuru itself means trembling. It is also known as the laughing sickness due to the pathologic bursts of laughter, which are are a symptom of the disease. That's creepy. It is now widely accepted that Kuru was uh, transmitted among members of the 4A tribe of Papua New Guinea via funerary cannibalism. Deceased family members were traditionally cooked and eaten, which was thought to help free the spirit of the dead. Women and uh, children, which were typically the ones affected by it, usually consumed the brain. Well, at least they um, cooked them. The organ in which infectious uh, prions prions, prions, were most concentrated, thus allowing for transmission of Kuru. The disease was therefore more prevalent among women and children. Sure. The epidemic likely started when a villager developed sporadic, I don't even want to try... It's a disease. <laughs> Kreutzfeldt hyphen Jacob disease and died. Mm. When villagers ate the brain, they contracted the disease and it was then spread to other villagers who ate their infected brains. While the 4A people stopped consuming human meat in the early 60s, when it was first speculated to be transmitted via endocannibalism, the disease mm-hmm. lingered due to Kuru's long incubation period of anywhere from 10 to over 50 years. Yeah, it takes a long time before you, sometimes you find out you're infected. It's weird, right? Mm-hmm. The last known Kuru victim died in 2005 or 2009. No way. It's a, well, you know, it's a pretty big... Age. It's a pretty big year yeah. span yeah. to figure out who died. Um, it's a disease of the nervous system that causes physiological and neurological effects, which ultimately lead to death. It is characterized by progressive cere- c- cere- cerebellum lo- lo- loss of coordination and control over muscle movements. You know, like I just right. The incubation period averages between 10 to 13 years, but can be as short as five and has been estimated to last as long as 50 or more after initial exposure. Mm -hmm. The clinical stage, which begins at the first onset of symptoms, lasts an average of 12 months. The clinical progression of Kuru is divided into three specific stages, the ambulant, sedentary, and terminal. 
While there is some variation in these stages between individuals, they are highly cons uh, conserved among the affected population. Before the onset of clinical symptoms, an individual can also present with uh, prodromal symptoms, including headache and joint pain in the legs. Prodromal. In the first stage, the infected individual may exhibit unsteady stance and gait, decreased muscle control, tremors, difficulty pronouncing words, and tremors uh, titubation. Explosive diarrhea. Explosive diarrhea. It's listed right there. This stage is named the ambulant because the individual is still able to walk around. Right. In the second, sedentary stage, the infected individual is incapable of walking without support and it suffers ataxia and severe tremors. Furthermore, the individual shows signs of emotional instability and depression. I saw that all the time. Yet exhibits uncontrolled and sporadic laughter. Despite the other neurological symptoms, tendon reflexes are still intact at this stage. Mm -hmm. In the third and final stage, the infected individual's existing symptoms, like ataxia, progress to the point where it is no longer possible to sit up without support. New symptoms also emerge. The individual develops dys, uh, dys, dysphagia. Dys, mm -hmm. dys, yep, you said it. Which can lead to severe malnutrition. It may also become incontinent. Yep. Lose the ability or will to speak and become unresponsive to their surroundings despite maintaining consciousness. Sounds a lot like rabies. Towards the it does. Towards the end of the terminal stage, patients often develop chronic ulcerated wounds that can be easily infected. An infected person usually dies within three months to two years after the first terminal stage symptoms, often because of pneumonia or other secondary infections. Yeah. Kuru is largely localized to the 4A people and people with whom they intermarried. Mm -hmm. The 4A people ritualistically cooked and consumed body parts of their family members following their death to incorporate the body of the dead person into the bodies of living relatives. Okay, one more thing and then I'll go into how it links into the beer. <laughs> <clears throat> I found a list of places that cannibalism is still active. And this oh. is as of 2022. Oh, geez. Okay. Papua New Guinea. Yeah, that's surprise. Tribesmen of the Cor Coral Coral Corawai devour bodies of killed group members in revenge. In western New Guinea, along the Kabur River, Nadirum Nadir Kabur River, lives a tribe called the Corawai. Sorry, look at this. Not only does it have stumps, but look at the glass. See how it, it's clinging. It's clinging to the side of the glass. It's so thick. Oh, the, the stumps. Yeah, but it's just, it's it's chilling here. It's like... Don't, you're going to spill. Look at that. Oh, I see. I see oh. what you mean. I see. The tribesmen believe mysterious deaths are attributed to demons who take on the human form, and it is their duty to consume the dead man's carcass in order to take revenge for the death. Makes sense to me. Cannibal Island. Oh, <laughs> You think they have cannibals there? I mean... On Cannibal Island? <laughs> no. Maybe. Previously dubbed Cannibal Island, <laughs> Fiji is famous for its long-running history of cannibalism. The practices have almost died out in recent years with the exception of the, I don't know, Naihihi Nihih Caves? or I, uh, Yeah. Sure. They are home to the last human-eating group on the island. Those caves, specifically. Okay. Specificity. 
the Ganges, Ganges, it's Ganges, Ganges River, India. Mm-hmm. The, oh, God, I wish I could pronounce it. A lot names. of names. I know. A-G-H-O-R-I. Agori? 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 It's a sect of Indian monks. They perform cannibalistic rituals in order to gain spiritual enlightenment. They live only on the cremated remains of others. Oh. There are only about 20 or so members, and the group drink from human skull bowls and cover their body in burnt human remains. They don't kill anyone for use in the ceremonies. They just use the bodies of people who have already died. Yeah. Interesting. In the Democratic Republic of the Congo, at a United Nations meeting in 2003, a distressed Sinafasi Makello, a representative of the for the Mabuti... You're just making sounds now. <laughs> Pygmies claimed that Congolese rebels from the Ituri province were eating his people alive. How dare. We hear, this is a quote, we hear reports of commanders feeding on sexual organs, apparently believing this would give them strength. Stop it. You're shaking me. Why just the sexual organs? I don't know. I would go for if like... If I was going to get strength, I'd get like... I don't know what what what's a meaty, strong or a liver. I'd go uh, well organs. Yeah, you know I was what? thinking if I'm gonna oh, eat organs, if I'm gonna eat anyone, it's gonna be like the thigh. Why the thigh? Because there's a ton of meat there. You know what? <laughs> you right. Who yeah, am I to argue? The arms. <laughs> who 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 am I to argue with my bat wings? <laughs> Cambodia. More like Cambodia. I hate you. I was going to make a, what's that, Dead Kennedy's reference. Oh, yeah. It's a holiday in Cambodia. Go eat your child now. (laughs) Cambodian soldiers fighting in the, this is K-H-M-E-R. Khmer. Rogue Rouge? The, the rebellion of Rouge uh, were accused of cutting out the hearts and livers of the bodies of soldiers who were killed in battle in order to eat them on the field or back at home for dinner. Well, you go to work, you take some home. Yep. They believe that eating the human liver or a def- of a defeated enemy will transfer bravery to themselves. You know, you can't eat polar bear liver. Why? It has too much vitamin A in it. It is extremely toxic. Really? Yes. Interesting. I mean, if you're going to eat any organ in a, in a human... Heart. Immediately. Really? I would eat a heart. Heart? I'm curious. Does it have a lot of nutrition in the heart? I don't know. I would eat a liver. I'm just curious. kind of want to just have a heart and just... Because I feel like, you know, you eat liver of other animals. I mean, I don't, personally. No, you don't personally. Neither do I, but you. It's just a vague you, a passive yeah. you. But, I don't know. Polynesia. French Polynesia. Mm-hmm. French. In 2011, German tourist Stefan Ramin went missing. Stefan went missing while on a traditional goat hunt in. <laughs> it's a traditional goat hunt in Nuku Hiva Hiva, French Polynesia. Here, his remains were later found near a campfire, and is believed that he was hacked to pieces and burned by a tribe suspected oh of cannibalism. Oh no! This is why you don't go vacationing. Terrible. In Liberia, 
Following the first Liberian Civil War, Doctors Without Borders found evidence of cannibalistic practices, which they sent over to Amnesty International. It's believed that the evidence was then covered up, with Liberia's current Secretary General saying, What they do with the bodies after human rights violations are committed is not part of our mandate or concern. <laughs> Whatever happens, happens. Not our problem. Not our problem. Roten, Rotenberg. Rutenberg. Rutenberg. Rutenberg, Germany. Germany's answer to Hannibal Lecter, Armin Mewis. M E I W E S. Speak German to me, baby. Mivis? Mivis. Mivis. I don't want. Well, it's a W. Why would you pronounce it like a V? That's German. German's sick. Yep. Fulfilled his dream of consuming human flesh by placing, it's that guy, by placing an ad for a willing volunteer. Remember that guy? I remember that guy. Luckily for him, he tracked down dinner in the form of a willing 43-year-old. Burned brands. That's the, yep, that's the uh, Vsauce video I was talking about. The duo dined on his genitals before Armin stabbed him with a 12-inch knife. No, that's not the Vsauce video I was talking about. He was later arrested. (laughs) No. Cannibalism is not a crime in Germany. Ah. But he was arrested for murder. Uh, sh- sure. He could have gotten away with it. Shouldn't have mm. murdered the guy. You ate his dick. Now what? Miami, Florida. A crazed naked man. Of course it's Florida. Just wait. You know the story. A crazed naked man was shot by police in Miami in 2012 after he refused to stop eating his victim's face. Oh, yeah. I saw that. Cannibal Rudy Eugene. It would be a Rudy. Set upon unwitting Ronaldo Popo. Popo on a Florida freeway, leaving him with only one eye yep. and severe facial injuries. Yep, I saw that you can watch that video online right it? now. Stop it! I want to yes, look. You can watch that. Oh, why did that make me excited? It's disturbing. He takes and he takes multiple bullets and keeps going. It's insane. Jesus, that's ridiculous. I'm gonna watch. Age restricted. I am an adult. You sure? No. Why would you want to eat a face? Did you see it? It just showed legs. Mm. I, was, I was expecting more. No, it's like someone filming from the side of the street. That's a letdown. My last thing, and how this ties in to precious little treats. <laughs> Cannibal couple. Accused of selling human meat pies. Oh my god. Made from no remains way. of their 30 victims. No way. And fed some to trainee pilots. Oh my gosh. Natalia Bakshiva? Bak- sounds like, it almost sounds like Bathsheba. Uh-huh. Bathsheba? Okay. Is, uh, was she a demon or a witch? Witch. No clue. And husband, Dimitri, also that last name, 35. Doesn't say her age, though, for some reason. Maybe they're both 35. Maybe. Have confessed to drugging, slaughtering, and eating dozens of their victims. They chopped up human remains, were found in their fridge, freezer, and elsewhere at their home at a hostel in a military academy in southern Russia. One victim was waitress Elena Vashrushev, 35 who lived close to Natalia and her husband. Hmm. But others are feared to be women who joined dating websites before vanishing. Neighbors say former nurse Natalia made and sold pies to boost her income and boasted to cafe owners that she could supply meat 
and may have worked as a chef. Oh, boy. I bake pies, she allegedly told one local. The case has echoes of the gruesome tale of Sweeney Todd. Mm-hmm. The demon barber of, what is it? What's, what's the street he lives on? Sweeney Todd Street. Not a street. They had like pickled human remains in their fridge. Oh boy. Who has time to pickle? I mean, you just put them in some uh, brine and let them chill. She offered to supply meat to at least one cafe in the city and also sought a job as a chef. How weird. Hmm. The cannibal couple lured victims using dating sites before drugging, butchering, and eating them. It has been claimed. The couple were arrested after the dismembered remains of a young woman are found in the academy next to a bucket filled with body parts. Just a bucket. Yep. Dimitri admitted the grim killing and boasted about multiple other murders after a phone was found with pictures of him allegedly posing for selfies with dead bodies. Investigators are, and let me just tell you, if you are trying to hide a crime, don't take a selfie. You mean like how I took a selfie after I... Uh, spray painted a garage door with uh, Celerant's logo with my best friend. Took a selfie. Did and, you get uh, arrested? Put it on Facebook and got arrested for it. Yeah. I mean, like that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But also, who narked on you? Uh, no one narked. <laughs> they, they, they saw the cameras. There were cameras, by the way. Saw the cameras. You're embarrassing. They looked up Celerette on Facebook. Saw the photos that I put online of us. And your Facebook wasn't even private. No, it's what public. It's, no, it's a, it, no. It was on this. It was oh, on the, the Celerette's Facebook. Facebook. Yeah, it was terrible. Seven bags of body parts were found in their fridge and freezer, and many cans with steamed meat were found in their kitchen. His wife is reported. To have been shown the faces of missing women in southern Russia and identified dozens who she claimed were their victims. A police source said, going through the photographs, the woman has recognized more than 30 victims that they killed and eaten together with her husband. Jeez. Who in, thought that was a good idea? In their home, they found many mobile phones of their, of their victims and also video lessons on how to cook meals from human meat. Who is making these lessons? That Oh, they. Yeah, they are. They recorded. Who is watching these lessons? I don't know. Maybe they're planning on like marketing it to like the black market or something. Cook with Natalia and Dimitri. Do you have an overabundance of human flesh and you just don't know what to do with it? <laughs> Welcome. What's the name? What's the name? What's the name for cannibal cooking? Cannibal cooking? Because that's just the name? That sounds boring. <laughs> um, I'll have to brainstorm it. The woman had been working in the military academy as a nurse, and supposedly she was sharing these cans of steamed human meat with student pilots. Unbelievable. Uh, Dimitri was detained after a man found his mobile phone in the street and found images of him posing for selfies with a woman's body parts. He took a selfie with the hand in his mouth. At the same time, he put the fingers of the dead hand into his nose. Then he cut one finger with a knife. He told interrogators he began his reign of terror in 1999. One image appears to show a head being served as Christmas dinner surrounded by mandarins. They put olives into the eyes and attached a lemon to the nose. 
What the fuck? <laughs> Isn't that weird though? These are these are things that actually happened. It's crazy to think that you can you can think of something, you can think up something. Mm-hmm. And if you can think it, chances are it has happened. Just like I think um the same thing where if you imagine a face, like if you just invent the way a face looks in your mind, chances are there's someone born that looks like that. Same thing with things that people do. People have done so much fucked up shit and you don't even think about it until you read something like this online. It's like, oh, of course that happened. Of course someone fucking did that. Of course. A horse is a horse. Of course a horse, horse. <laughs> but yeah, that's how it ties in. Hmm. Well, that's disturbing. Where's your beer? Drinks it. Disgusting. Disgusting. This. <laughs> uh, it's it's too Our beverage. It's <laughs> this is a liquid. This is a drink. I can drink this. It's just too sweet. It's too malty. It's it's got. It's, I didn't taste any sweetness. What? It's overly sweet. But it's also really boozy. Um, I think the thing that works for it is the chocolate, but everything else, it just doesn't. I, I'm not impressed too much. You don't impress me much. It's uh, an American Imperial oh, Stout, but we've had yeah. we've had better stouts on this show. Um, Vlad when? is Vlad is still a, a was a I nice present? One. You were present during Vlad. You drank it with me. Stop it! You're gonna spill. <sighs> What about you? Horrible. Why is it horrible? Because I don't like stouts. I'm sure for a stout, it's whatever, but... (laughs) For a stout, it's whatever. Yeah, it's... I mean, it's a little difficult to be objective if you don't like something. It gave me goosebumps in a bad way. The worst kind of goosebumps. Yeah, the bad kind of goosebumps. That's upsetting. Like, I felt them from the tip of my head to the tips of my fingers, and I just... Oh, so just this part of your body, then? Yes, up here. Oh, okay. Uh, just up here. here. From, like, the boobs. Yeah, boobs up. up. Boobs up. It was awful. I never want to have that experience again. Repulsed. It's unfortunate. I don't like the tingles. Well, another stout in the books. Sorry. Yum, yum. That was episode 72 on cannibalism. Thanks for tuning in. Beerandfearcast.com is our website. All of our episodes are released there every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Central Time. You can listen on the website or on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search up Beer and Fear. Or if you go to our website, there's a little button in the top right that says Listen Now. You know, I was reading that article on the face eating, and it said... The article was um, before it was confirmed, I guess, that he was on bail salt. Um, mm-hmm. But it said, unconfirmed, not sure if linked with bath salts, but he exhibited all the symptoms except for the eating. 
Except for the eating, people think. <laughs> Not consistent. <laughs> that wasn't consistent with bath salts. So if you want to try bath salts, <laughs> but you're worried that you'll have cannibalistic tendencies, don't worry. It's not consistent. It's just It was just Eugene. He was just crazy. Um, it gives you superhuman strength, though. Yeah, you can take bullets like a champ, apparently. He took four. Yeah. Um, that's uh, about it. That's all I got. Ah, 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 ah. How do you do? That was a weird way to end the episode. <laughs> Will you stop with the knife? You've become the knife guy. <laughs> I've shown you that video. <laughs> <laughs>